and welcome to Enter the Fold, a Shadow and Bone podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host who has read the books. And I am Andy Kay, your host who has not yet read the books, although I do now have a copy of the first one, so I can read it soon. Woohoo! Are you excited, or does it feel like, I'm, like a burden? No, no, no. It doesn't feel like a burden, but I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I have enjoyed the show so much that I am afraid I'm going to read the book and be disappointed because I know they are different and you love the book so, so, so much. So here's what I will say about the book. I do love it a lot, but a lot of that is because of, I don't know if nostalgia is quite the word, but but something along those lines. Because like it came out in 2012 mm-hmm. and it is very much a product of its time well I mean but I'm a big fan of all the YA that come out around that time like I was deep deep into it I still don't understand how I missed this book because that's the year that I went I went to BEA one time and I went by myself and that's the year that I went so what month was that what month is BEA uh it it was in June June yeah that is interesting because I think it came out in July so you you'd have thought that there would have been a big presence there. Maybe there was, and maybe it was so popular that the lines for everything were so long and I just decided to ignore it. Yeah. I mean, I I legitimately don't know. Like, there were a few things that I was very specific about. Like, um, I met Deborah Harkness, and I met Mm -hmm. uh, Rochelle Mead, and, Mm -hmm. like, those were the two that I was there for, right? And, like, everything else was just kind of peripheral. And so maybe I just was like I I don't have time I I I don't know I like there is nothing about the scenario that makes sense to me interesting it's interesting that you mentioned Rochelle Mead because I have thought like an uh, a good like enter the fold off-season bonus episodes we could do would be to talk about the Vampire Academy show that's coming out oh I am here for that that is one of my all-time favorite book series and I pretend that the movie does not exist I like the movie for what it is, Mm. you know, like it just can't be fun, but I'm very intrigued to see what they do with the show that's coming out. And I like the idea of this just becoming like, oh, another YA adaptation. We could talk about that. I I am here for that. Absolutely. Because like when people ask me what, who my favorite like book heroines are, Rose Hathaway Mm -hmm. is always at the top of my list. I do love Rose. I will say I actually really liked the sequel series more. I yeah. I I have that one too on my shelf. That's my beautiful shelf. Is I should take a picture because I have um, PC Cast, Rochelle Mead, and um, PC Cast. I can't get behind. I despise those books. Oh, I love those books. I started rereading them recently. Um, oh shoot, there's another series that I I can't think of right now. But I'll take a picture of my bookshelf so that you can see. But they're so pretty because, like, for a while, all YA book covers look the same. Like, yep. they're black with bright colors on their spines. Yep. <laughs> and so I've got two full bookshelves that are just those. It's fantastic. So, anyway, that's super huge Th- tangent. This has been YA book section, I guess, of the podcast. Right. Unless I cut that out. Who knows? Oh, you're not going to cut it out. All right. Um, before we get into anything else, the day after we recorded last week, we got the announcement that season two is not only confirmed, but uh, Eric Hesser has came on social media and said they have finished writing it. That's so exciting. So as, yes, it is very exciting. Uh, 
yay. I, I'm so glad we get to do more podcasts. Oh, absolutely. And that, you know, well, so here's the thing, though, because they confirmed it like it didn't get canceled or anything. I'm only allowed to read book one. <laughs> I can't read anymore. So that's going to suck. Again, but... I'd like to say you are imposing these rules upon yourself. I know. I know. Okay. I am. Absolutely. Um, but I really like that. Um, and I've told you this, you know, just one on one, but I really like that me having not read the books makes our show accessible to other people who haven't read the books. Yeah. Um, and, and so I would like to continue that, but it's going to be so hard to stop. Yes, I, I agree. I will say, I think reading Shadow and Bone is easier to wait for Siege and Storm than like if you read Six of Crows Mm. and had to wait for Crooked Kingdom that I can't. I mean, I say I can't imagine. I did that. I had to wait a year in between those books. But, right. Um, it sucks, and I don't recommend it to anyone. If you're going to read Six of Crows, just just have Crooked Kingdom also waiting for you. Yeah, unless you're me and you can't do that. Well, I guess depending on how they end up writing those books into the show. Yeah, I genuinely, the Crows, I have no idea what they're going to do with season two. Which is great for a book adaptation, mm-hmm. you know, like that I've read and I still have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I mean, they were all in the announcement. So yeah, we know they're all going to be a part of it. We just don't know how. I, I guess it's going to continue to be a bit of a prequel because we still haven't seen how they've all come together. Like we ended season one with what, five of the six crows on the boat? Yes. But they didn't know each other yet. Like, they weren't the crows. And so we still have that material to get through, right? Yeah, but, I mean, you see it in flashbacks in the book, and it's not really anything big. I mean, they could make it something big, I guess. Yeah. It's literally just like Kaz did his research and went and found a guy. Oh. Well, I mean, but we know that's not going to (laughs) happen, at least with Nina, because, like, he needs a heart render, and she just happens to be there. Right. And yeah, I have no idea what that is, obviously. So because that's not in the book. Yeah. All right. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they're going to do and seeing how you react to the surprises of how they're weaving these characters into it. So obviously we haven't we don't yet have any casting announcements, but I will say for book readers out there, there is if you're not scouring through social media like I am. There is somebody on Instagram who, when the show first came out, commented, I think, on one of Lee Bardugo's Instagram posts and said, you know, when they start casting for Redacted, uh, let me know. I'd love my agent to put me forward or whatever. And Lee responded and says, like, I'll I'll make sure you know. (laughs) And, like, very recently, a friend of mine sent me something about that person's Instagram and was like, the actress who plays Zoya is following him now. So... Oh my god, you guys are stalkery. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. That's some next level stalkery there. That's awesome. Yes. All I'm saying is I have absolutely no idea if this person can act, which I like because I like that they've kind of gone with mostly unknowns, Ben Barnes aside. Yeah. But looks wise, I enjoy him. Okay. For Redacted. All right. Uh, if you want to look him up, I believe his Instagram username, I'm helping people stalk him in now. His Instagram username is Robert one wild wild with an e at the end you're not allowed to look him up I'm not allowed to look him up I mean I guess just don't look at any of his comments or anything you can look at his face okay I don't recognize him should I recognize him no he's uh no okay dude those cheekbones yes all right no idea 
so yeah no actual announcements but some fun speculation yeah when when they do announce the casting the new casting i'm i'm really gonna have no opinion because i don't know the characters that they're casting so it'll be fun to have that conversation with you (laughs) do you want the names of the characters we're looking forward to and I'll, i'll just give them to you in a bunch sure and if you want you can um you can try to guess who my favorite is up to you though go for it so so there's Sturmhund, Tolia, Tamar, Nikolai, and Wylan. Oh, you've told me Wylan is your favorite. No. No. Are you, you sure? You thought maybe, oh. but then I was like, no, no. Oh, well, never mind. That name just sounds familiar. Is it no. Tolan? Nikolai. I'm just going to say all of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Tolia and Tamar are the names that you kind of smooshed there. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Are you going to tell me which one's your favorite? No. Oh. Well, okay then. There is a very specific reason I'm not telling you. And once, like, marketing for season two goes forward, I will tell you. Okay. Okay. I'm here for it. Or I guess once he's announced, I'll tell you. Okay. All right. So then we did have a couple emails that I wanted to read. Our first email from Edgar, who has emailed us before. So thank you for continuing to help us out here. Um, says, hi, Caitlin, Mandy, some nice stuff. For the wrap-up episode, I was hoping we could dig a little into the myth about the Sun Summoner. When did people start believing in a Sun Summoner? The faithful were waiting for them, and Kirigan has been actively looking for them, but this series made it like she was just there as a solution to the Unseer, the Fold, which was created by the Darkling. Uh, the email says 200 years ago. In the book, it's 400 years ago. Eh, whatever, some hundred years ago. So was the Sun Queen believed as a solution to the Fold and the Darkling, or would she have appeared regardless? If so, what would have been her role in the world without the Fold? What are your thoughts? Should I read the book? Thank you. Well, of course you're going to say he should read the book. I actually don't, I don't necessarily feel that way about every, everyone. Because like I said, it's not, it is a very 2012 YA book. Okay. So... And it is Lee Bardugo's first book, so it's not her best. Mm. Everyone should 100% read Six of Crows. That is one of the best <laughs> books I've ever read in my life. Okay. Um, but Shadow and Bone is very 2012, and it's good, and I really like it. And you can definitely see really where Lee's writing shines in it. Um, but it's not like her best book, and it's not the best book ever. The story is good, and the setup is good. But I can absolutely understand why it doesn't appeal to everyone. Yeah. Okay. I think these are fascinating questions because I hadn't really considered it. But from a non-book reader's perspective, Mm -hmm. I think that there would have always been a Darkling and there would have always been a Sun Summoner, whether the Fold was created or not. But I don't know what her purpose is other than to be the Yang to the Darkling's Yin. Mm -hmm. You know? Like they... (sighs) The, oh, I can't remember all of their different names now, but like the, the Inferni have a specific purpose and you understand what they're there for. The heart renders have a specific purpose and you understand what they're there for. The Darkling and the Sun Summoner aren't quite as cut and dried. Yeah. At least in what we've been given in the show. I don't necessarily think that there's much more in the book about the legend, about people waiting for a sun mm-hmm. summoner there's like it goes into other things later obviously but i don't think we actually get much more than the show gave us about it, um i mean you get the idea that the 
the people are ready to put their faith in her because she can, mm -hmm. uh, well, because they think she can save them from the fold. Mm -hmm. You don't really get the idea that they're necessarily was a myth about her though beforehand right so more than likely even though the darkling and the sun summoner would have existed if the fold had never been created she would never mm -hmm. have been elevated to the saint status that she quite even possibly, if it's not yes. just alina but just like the sun summoner itself yeah. is a, a saint because the sun summoner can come and save them all if there wasn't a need for the sun summoner to come and save them all she probably wouldn't have been elevated quite that much yeah, and we don't necessarily know whether the book or the show that she is actually the first one because Grisha, you know, the world is big and there's Grisha everywhere. And it could be that they just don't ever make themselves known. That's true. Okay. and it, Which is actually a really interesting thought because of the yin to the yang thing. Like as maybe as long as there have been darklings, there have been sun summoners. And we just don't know. nobody knew. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It is what I find most interesting, actually, is that the the Grisha who the Grishas, whatever, who can summon darkness, seem to be incredibly powerful. But like Alina isn't. She she gets to be powerful because of the amplifier. Mm -hmm. Pre at least in the book, they make this very clear. Pre amplifier, though, she was just kind of regular. Like she would have lived a longer life the way Grisha do, but not the immortal life that um, the Darkling and Begra do. So with except for when she gets the amplifier that makes her more powerful so she would live longer. Hmm. It's interesting. So, and it's not just because she's younger and new to her powers, like she wouldn't have grown into the power? Possible, but with the amplifier, we'll never know, right? Right, okay. It, it is, an, uh, but like also in the book, we don't ever really see everybody else's perspective. So we hear about Alina learning that there are people... <laughs> worshiping her and she's like what the hell <laughs> but we never see in shadow and bone anyway like when they cut away to the crows and inez and, and jesper are talking about the sun summoner that sort of thing we never see anything like that so we don't really know how it started with the people okay so it, it's up to interpretation in the book i suppose right makes sense yeah and really should you read the book completely up to you if you want it's really short and it's fun that's all I got for the book. I mean, it's good. I, I really love it, but I don't like to build it up for people, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think so. Because you don't want people to be disappointed. Yeah, and I can absolutely see where they might be. Okay. Well, we'll see how I... Because I am definitely going to read it. So yes, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And we had a second email from Anna, and she just sent in some thoughts that I thought were kind of interesting. And she says that she was always extremely surprised to find that people had no idea the Darkling was the villain before it is revealed. Um, no shame if you didn't know, but <laughs> she's always enjoyed a good mystery and eventually began to treat all books as mystery novels and sort of trying to figure out the whodunit. And honestly, I'm not saying this to attack you, Mandy. Because it's an attack to me also. I am the worst at figuring. It's not, I just don't even try. I'm like the opposite of what Anna says here. Mm -hmm. I treat all books as face value because I just don't even think about it. It's interesting because often, and I find this with movies more so, especially because I did the podcast Pop Culturally Deprived for four years. Mm -hmm. And with all of those movies, you know, a movie every week, I got to the point where I was constantly looking for the twist. Right. And so there are things where I just immediately know 
what's going to happen, even though the movie has given you no indication that that's how it's going to be, just because formulaically that's predictably what should happen. But for some reason, and I think it's because you made a concerted effort to lie to me Mm. (laughs) that I didn't do that with Shadow and Bone, right? Because in our, um, I guess it was in episode one, like you were specifically talking about man versus environment. And we were talking about the Fold being the villain. Like it didn't even occur to me that if you were telling me that, then it might be something different. I do also think that Lee Bardugo created the Darkling specifically to play on those tropes. Yeah. Because here is this like young character who suddenly finds out that they're in the, you know, savior of the world role and they're swept off into this thing and they meet this, you know, tall, dark and brooding dude who is lonely and sad. And in a regular fantasy romance novel, you'd be all for that. Mm-hmm. And and she specifically did that. Yeah. Well, and I think I also, I came into it, one of the first questions I asked you when we did the teaser episode was, because he summons darkness, does that automatically make him evil? Because I was thinking, one, it's either going to be black and white, and Mm -hmm. we've got the sun summoner and the dark summoner, so of course it's good and evil. Or she could be playing with those tropes and subverting them, which Mm -hmm. is what happens in the House of Night series. There's a quote that I love that sometimes I think I'm going to get tattooed on myself, is that darkness does not always equate to evil, just as light does not always equal good. And so I had that in my brain when we started watching this as well, and I wasn't sure which way it was going to go. Right. And so I didn't want to just automatically assume that because he's the Darkling, he's evil. I do also think that he is not 100% evil. Right, right. We, we've definitely talked about that too. Or I should say he's may- maybe he is, but his motivations didn't start out that way or... Well, villains are never the villain in their own story, right? Yes, yes. We've talked about that a lot also. Um, so, and, and it's still complicated. I still have feelings for Kerrigan. <laughs> I do. Like, no, he's, fair. he's betrayed my trust at this point, but I still, if I went back and rewatched the, the early episodes, I would still have all of those feelings in, in my chest, right? I would be like, oh. Poor guy. He just wants to fix it. And he wants Elena's help because he played that role exceptionally well. Right. I think my favorite thing is when you watch like interviews with the cast and it's obvious Ben Barnes feels that way too. (laughs) He's just like, he just wants love. It's fine. Well, he does. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any other thoughts about book one or anything else you wanted to dive into while we're here? Oh, I mean, I think we've kind of exhausted all of our thoughts and feelings by having an hour and plus episode every week yeah um I mean I just Milo is the MVP for the season absolutely 100% yes it's I find that hilarious though that they were like they threw in a goat and now that's what that show is about like (laughs) they have to bring a goat into season two oh absolutely we'll be angry yeah like, we won't know for sure that it's Milo unless they tell us, but, you know, because we don't have the bullet anymore. Yeah. But, you know, there has to be. It has, has to, to be. be a goat. Yeah. I really, I, I personally, like, other people really want Jesper and Milo to be reunited, but I really want the goat to be with Redacted. Oh. I think that that would be 
hilarious. And I want to see what they do with that. Well, maybe they can change the name to Seven of Crows and Milo can be (laughs) the seventh member. That would be hilarious. (laughs) Okay. There's a lot of jokes about, because I guess in Six of Crows, in the book, Jesper has a love interest. And people have been making jokes about how um, in the show they could make some, have some good lines about Jesper talking about Milo. And the love interest being jealous Aww. of the goat. <laughs> that would be funny. Not realizing that it's a goat. Yeah, that'd be funny. So who? So now that we're all 100% done, who did end up being like your favorite character? Oh my gosh, that's so hard. But... Or your favorite couple of characters or whatever. Who did you feel connected with the most? So I think, I, I think if I have to narrow it down to one, I think Jesper is my favorite character. Okay. And that's that's that, a good choice. That surprises me because I am typically very standard and straight in the way that I think about books and characters, and it's always the main character that's my favorite. Right. That is not true here. Like, I love Alina, but she's not as interesting as some of the other characters are to me, at least yet. I think that that happens in a lot of, especially, you know, eight years ago published uh, books that were written in first person. The the main character just sort of ends up being not quite as, mm-hmm. maybe it's because you're too much in their head or because you'd never, they're completely not a mystery. Mm, um, maybe. The way other characters get yeah. to be. Yeah. So for me, it's going to be Jesper and Nina. That, those are good choices. I like those choices. And I'm, I'm Kazan ex- and Inej are my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I like Kazan and Inej too, but they're, they're a little intense for me. Um, and I was from the like strictly shadow and bone characters. Um, I do really like Alina and, but my two favorites, they're my favorites because of things that happen much, much later. So like, is it going to be like Jenya and Zoya? Yes. Oh, my favorite characters from shadow and bone, but like we just saw Jenya betray Alina and Zoya not been very nice this past Mm -hmm. season. So it's sort of silly to say that but they go on to have good stories so I mean I do like Jenya and I I understand like if I put myself in a vacuum I understand why she did what she did Mm -hmm. um and knowing how manipulative Kerrigan is and how she grew up and kind of how that's her world like I get it so probably from the Shadow and Bone characters she's my favorite yeah I like it I mean, I do also kind of really like Kerrigan. <laughs> He's a good character. He is. He is. Like, even if he is um, not a great person, he's a really well-written character. Yeah, that's true. And he's, I mean, Ben Barnes is a beautiful man. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much it for our wrap-up. Obviously, we'll have more to say once we know more about season two mm-hmm. and what's going to be happening there. And I like knowing that they've finished writing it. Because hopefully that means we'll get it a little bit sooner. Pretty quickly. Fingers crossed. Not two years from now. All that being said, if anybody out there, book readers, has any um, suggestions for lines for me to read at the end, I'm kind of out of one-liners. And I know what you're thinking. He says so many good things. But if you look it up, they're all conversations. They're all like a back and forth. And I need some one-liners. <laughs> so if anybody's got some suggestions of ones that I haven't used, let me know. Sure. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. 
I mean, I, 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 I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what you're talking about because obviously I haven't read the books. It sucks because, like, I could talk about things that I'm looking forward to in season two, but it's difficult with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that one I'm most looking forward to seeing how they do Rosalia and the hummingbird. There's a hummingbird. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea what that means. Yes, I... <laughs> said it that way on purpose um and if you have also read the second book let us know what you're looking forward to hopefully we will be back with another bonus episode quickly god i want them to announce casting um but until then you can tweet at us at enter the fold pod email us at enter the fold pod at gmail.com i'm caitlin and you can follow me and find my other shows on twitter at inferior caitlin and I'm Mandy Kay, and you can find this show and all of the other Eloquent Gushing shows at eloquentgushing.com. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at eloquentgushing. And I have a new show starting in July with Matthew, where we are going to be debating movies in an appropriately titled podcast, Movie Fight Club. So check us out. Or you can give me a shout out over on Twitter at Mandy Kay. That is M-A-N-D-I-K-A-Y-E. And remember, I'm perfectly capable of being stupid on my own. <laughs> Pretty sure that one's said by somebody else, but that's okay. Uh-huh.